Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk the state of WWE post-WrestleMania 35 and welcome one of the hottest wrestlers in North America today. After a tough week for WWE television and concerns about the ratings growing, can Roman Reigns on Raw this week help them rebound? Plus, we'll learn a little bit more about the journey back to prominence from one of the biggest draws in wrestling right now, Ring of Honor's PCO. You could talk about the WWE and how things have kind of been declining creatively over the last month to WrestleMania 35. Can't say the same thing for the world outside of the WWE. And Chris Jericho threw out the challenge, June 9th Dominion, going after the IWGP championship currently held by Okada. Whether we're talking about Jericho challenging Okada, whether we're talking about PCO challenging Matt Taven, whether we're talking about Dustin and Cody at double or nothing. It feels like I'm a lot more interested and invested in things that are going on outside of the WWE. And I'm not just saying that. That's the fan in me talking. Like, I just heard that clip with Jericho, and I'm laughing on the inside because he did absolutely nothing in that promo. He said nothing. He said, I'm the pain maker, and I'm going to challenge O'Connor, and I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. He's got me invested already. Yep. And he said nothing. He didn't reinvent the wheel. He, he said absolutely nothing. And in saying nothing, he has me hooked. Now I want to see the pain maker versus rainmaker. If you look at, and this total contrast of what we were talking about with Cody Rhodes last week in his promo about his brother in their match at Double or Nothing. I mean, Cody gave you a lot of meat to chew on on that bone. Chris Jericho, complete opposite. But why are we invested? Because, first of all, you want to see Chris Jericho in the ring with Okada. First of all, it's a, it's a surprise. You didn't see it coming. And that's one of the biggest things with the WWE right now, Bully, is you see what's coming from a mile away. Because what you see coming is very close to what you saw the night before, what you saw the week before. There's nothing that makes you open up your mouth and say, wow, right now when it comes to the WWE. There's no, there's nothing that really surprises you. I mean, come on. Roman Reigns is going to be on Raw right now. That's the big thing. Well, I could see Roman Reigns every Tuesday. Is it that big of a deal to see Roman Reigns on Monday? By the way, are we that far separated from Roman Reigns being on Monday Night Raw? He was just part of Monday Night Raw a few weeks ago. Then Maybe he gets moved to SmackDown. So after three we, uh, two, what, two weeks of being on SmackDown, he's returning to Raw, and that's going to make us say wow and want to tune in? Come on. Maybe ticket sales were light for tonight. Maybe they had to do something to 
to uh, to ramp up last minute sales. Maybe there was nothing clicking on the Raw side to do that. So what do we do? Let's announce Roman on Raw. Or let's get people thinking he's going to be at Raw. I mean, there, there's there's definitely methods to their madness. But as far as sitting at home, do I have to tune into Raw tonight to see what's going to go on with Roman Reigns? No. I, I mean, I got to tell you, man, his, his real-life leukemia situation, that was must-see television. Anything after that is like, what are we going to do? See him chase for a championship? Been there, done that. Are we going to see him overcome uh, leukemia? Well, we, we've been there and we've done that. Who do you have to see Roman Reigns in the ring with? There, there's nobody right now. But, but, how, but Bully, how did... And maybe I'm reading into it too much and maybe slap me back to reality. But when Romans was, was going through those real life struggles and we were praying for him and we were behind him and we were talking about it on this show, I remember talking with you, Bully. God, if Roman Reigns could fight this, imagine if he could fight this and win. Imagine what's going to happen when he comes back. He's going to be the biggest baby face that we've seen since Hulk Hogan. Well, Roman Reigns is back, and it seems like business as usual. What the hell happened? I mean, he had a match at WrestleMania. He had a match at WrestleMania 35 that was just like, just another match. Like it was just like it wasn't even the the match that we were looking forward to most. This guy just fought cancer and came back. Like, how did it? How did we go from having a discussion about him being the baby biggest baby face in the last 25 years? To business as usual. How did that happen? Well, he came back. He was able to. He was able to get better rather quickly. So, if you look at it comparatively, he was out for how many months? What about eight, eight, uh, ten months? I think maybe eight to ten months. Was it really that long? I have to look, but I think it was. I think it was roughly that amount of time. Okay, I have to go he, back he, and look. In, in 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 real time, he was away for a blink of an eye. He was able to come back. Everybody was completely into him. Very happy to see that he was better. Very happy to see him back in the ring. And he had a good match with Drew at WrestleMania. So, okay, we got, our, we got the, the real-life comeback of Roman Reigns, and we're all happy that he was able to overcome leukemia. But that's in the past now. I bet you if Roman Reigns was away from two years, it would be different. I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Was absent? Was Roman Reigns really absent for that long? He wasn't absent for that long. That's number one. And number two, it just seems like when he came back, they kind of just threw him into, you know, they had the half-assed shield reunion, you know, because there was the whole feud that was going on between Seth and Dean, and they kind of just, like, haphazardly had them make up, and they put the shield back together, and they threw him into kind of like, you know, a, a half-assed feud with, uh, you know, with... with um. Drew McIntyre for a match at WrestleMania it just seemed very thrown together. It just they, they really didn't rely on that story to present him in a way where fans are really going to get into him and, and make him that uber babyface they were hoping to see when he came back. He didn't have anybody to be that uber babyface against because Drew McIntyre is not an uber heel. Nobody is an uber heel in the WWE. We don't have the type of heels in the WWE that we would all love to see. That's just not the way they go about treating their heels.
WWE heels are just there to serve their purpose as foils to their baby faces, not to get true heat. You can't get true heat in the WWE anymore. It just hasn't, just doesn't go on. You know what? To answer your question too, and and I was completely off the mark and completely off base. He was only he was only gone for four months. There you go, man. Four months is a snap of a finger. Yeah. It, our, our hearts weren't able to grow that much fonder because he wasn't absent that long. I never expected Roman Reigns to, to be able to bounce back this quickly from leukemia. God bless him. Round of applause. Great job. I'm glad you're healthy. But when I originally told you, my God, Dave, when this guy comes back, he is going to be such a baby face. I thought the guy was going to be out for a while. I thought that this, I'm not really savvy on leukemia, but I didn't think it was something that you could bounce back as quickly as he did. He's a strong dude and I'm happy for him. But I bet you this conversation we would be a lot different if we didn't see Roman Reigns return into like the Royal Rumble in January. And I get that, and you're right. It was it it was for a cup of coffee that he was gone. But man, they could have really built him up in a better way. Against who? But you know that. All right, then then here's the thing, bully. Then why rush him to come back on TV to have him a part of WrestleMania when it, and basically it's going to be he's a mid card star match. in the place. Come on, Dave. That's a little ignorant on your part. It's why a, he, rush him back? Well, if, if he's the biggest he, star, why you have him in a mid-card, a mid-show, mid-card match? Who was he supposed to go against? Well, then if you don't have anything, then why, why waste the opportunity? Why would you ever turn around to your biggest star and say, oh, you're all better? You were able to kick leukemia? Thanks. Forget about WrestleMania. You can't do that. Then he, I, I, but it's just to throw him into a match like you're saying because there's nobody else to put him in a match with. Then build the story, bully. You have so gold have him, there. So have him kick. Have him. Um, have him miss WrestleMania. The timing of this was very good for Roman because he was able to get better before WrestleMania. The timing for the WWE was good. We had that ultra feel good moment with Roman coming back, and then he had something with Drew. Now you're saying, well, uh, he's not this uber baby face and he's not what he could have been. Well, he wasn't gone that long and Drew isn't somebody that we needed to see Roman Reigns kick their ass. So whether he would have come back at WrestleMania or come back in six months, who is he coming back against? The, 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 the obvious one was Dean Ambrose. Keep Dean Ambrose a heel. Then, because what did Dean Ambrose do on the way out? What four months earlier? I mean, right after the show that Roman Reigns came out and said that he was relinquishing the title and that he was stepping away because he was fighting leukemia. That same night, Dean Ambrose attacked Seth Rollins. So I, you know what? Keep Dean Ambrose a heel. You're going to tell me an Ambrose-Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania is not going to be huge? Dave, what did I say on the show a couple of months ago as to what match I wanted to see at WrestleMania? It was that Roman same Reigns? one. So there you go. So I'm on the same page. That's what I wanted. If you're going to, if you're going to, if Dean Ambrose is leaving or you're kicking him out or, or, or a mixture of both, whatever it is, at least keep true to the storyline that you started with. 
I would have had Roman versus Dean, and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now about you not giving a shit about Roman. Because he would have went up against Dean. I didn't need the feel-good shield moment. I didn't need the feel-good house show special on the network. I understand why they did it. I would have much preferred to see Roman Reigns come back, kick Dean Ambrose's ass, because he used the leukemia as the heel turn, right? Yes. He mentioned the leukemia. So Roman comes back and says, how dare you, you know, make light of my, my disease? How dare you jump your, bro- you know, your brother, uh, Seth Rollins? There's your story. Bring it to WrestleMania. People would have been so much more in- emotionally invested. But that's what, but Bully, so we're on the same page here because that's what I mean by them dropping the ball here. By them, by them not doing that, by not coming up with a creative way to use Roman Reigns for WrestleMania, they wasted an opportunity. They completely wasted that opportunity at Dave, WrestleMania. Dave, how many times do we talk about them wasting what we think are great opportunities? This is not a, a new conversation. When you have a guy like a Roman Reigns or you have a Charlotte Flair... Once you get to a certain level and you have you don't have the next level to work up to, you're only going to stay at that level. Nobody can give Roman Reigns the rub right now. Like, if you want to get Roman Reigns over to the next level, you got to bring back a rock. You got to bring back a stone cold. And the, the, guys, I'm not, this is not happening. But what I'm saying is you have to bring in bigger stars than the star you have now. So what? who can you possibly bring in? Let's just take Goldberg, because I know his name has been thrown around. Well, because Are he's you... going to be in Saudi. So, you know, okay. his, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's make he's going to be back with the company, at least for that one show. Okay. Who is a bigger star, Roman Reigns or Goldberg? Goldberg. So does Roman Reigns versus Goldberg do anything for you? No, not really. Uh, I'd actually like to see Roman. I'd like to see the spear versus the spear. Okay. See, now you're, you see what you're doing, Bully? Is what you're doing is that I'm not, I'm kind of cold on it, but now you're warming it up to, to, to it to me because you're giving me reasons too. Creatively, just with one sentence, you're, you're warming me up the idea of Goldberg and Roman Reigns being in the ring together. And by Roman working with Goldberg, now Roman is working with somebody that is a perceived bigger star, which brings Roman up a little bit more. Well, I'm just going to go from Roman Reigns' words and his tweet, because he tweeted about the fact that he's going to be, you know, on, on Monday Night Raw tonight. And, you know, WWE denied it. Then he said, have my music ready. He has unfinished business. So the only thing that I can think of, Bully, when it comes to, I'm just judging from his words, the only thing that's unfinished business to me is that WWE Universal Championship. Because what other unfinished business does Roman Reigns have with Monday Night Raw right now? There's no Uh, superstar, really. I mean, there's nothing really that I can look at on that's taking place on Monday Night Raw that he has any business in other than the Universal Championship because he had to let that championship go when he left the show. And didn't he make one like little snide comment to Seth when he first came back about that championship? Mm. Didn't he say something to Seth like, 
an unfinished business type line. Interesting. Because I remember, I remember sitting back and go, oh, well, looks like they're going back here again. Interesting. Maybe, maybe he did. Well, we're gonna now we're giving people a reason to tune in to watch Monday Night Raw because Roman Reigns is starting off. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. One half of your new NWA Tag Team Champions, and that's PCO, joins us here on Busted Open. How are you today? I am fantastic. What about you guys? We're we're uh, we're a little shell shocked, but we're. Really looking forward to talking to you today, PCO. This is great. This is great. Looking forward to. Well, I mentioned PCO. Oh, go, go ahead, have buddy. you do, have you done anything today as crazy as you did last? <laughs> did you drive a truck over you today? Did you jump off a building today? Did you rip an arm off today and still do three fifteen behind the neck? I mean, what has PCO done today so far? I've done a few things, and uh, it's going to be shown tonight, you know, uh, on my uh, every Monday night PCO and death row. So you'll be able to witness that all tonight, but uh, it's been pretty crazy. You know, it's been a good morning, so I'm, I'm in great shape right now. Well, I mean, you talk about great shape, and we talked about this because at the first StarCast, Bully and I spoke to you just before All In, and we just talked about how – you've been able to rejuvenate your career and it was building a lot of momentum back then. You're a building buzz, but man, the last six to seven months have just been incredible for, for you. I mean, did you think you would hit this type of popularity? Did you think you would get the type of reaction you're getting right now? Well, when I spoke uh, with you guys, when I, when I did the show with you uh, at all in uh, last year or a few months ago, like way back, uh you knew that my goals were i so uh you know i have to say yes because i was aiming high and my goal was to to to, to create a, a, a even a bigger buzz than it was last year and last year i was at the the beginning of of starting everything and yeah it was it was part of the it was part of the plan i didn't know it was going to was going to work out like it did work out i didn't know how i was going to achieve it but that was the mindset that i had when i spoke with you guys last year pco before you came on today me and dave were talking and i'm sure you've heard this question asked for you to you before um you're the fan base the ring of honor fan base wrestling fans all over the world um are so into you right now and your comeback story at 51 years old, being out there and going able to win championship and main event shows and just tear the house down. But you've been doing it by putting your body on the line. And at 51 years old, it's got to take your, its toll on you. So you, my question is this, man, is, is what you're doing now, is, is, isn't your biggest blessing also possibly the biggest curse for you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Honestly, to be very honest with you, I don't think I feel that. I mean, I'm, I've never felt like, uh, that I was injured or anything like that, or that I was, uh, putting my life on the line or, or, or this, this was going to jeopardize 
my future as a human being or I'm not a human being and not human being, but uh, uh, that was going to jeopardize my life in any way, shape or form. Uh, I really feel at ease. And that's very, very honestly, I really feel at ease what doing what I'm doing in the ring. I mean, I don't say that sometimes maybe uh, I'm not going to hit a wrong I'm going to hit myself a little bit in the wrong way or anything, but I would say 95 or 98% of the time, uh, I feel good with what I'm doing. It's part of the style, you know. Uh, I'm so glad that I I could find something that was part of myself that I always I was looking for something like that for um, a character that would be myself on a larger scale in pro wrestling that was just a part of myself that was who I am, my identity, my personality on a larger scale for pro wrestling. And I found it and and it gels together with everything because it's who I am. And that's the thing that I always say, that's what I love the most about ROH it's creative is working and in ends with talent, not forcing them and doing something that they don't feel comfortable doing or they're not their self doing it. And I think that's one of the most important thing to make this company so successful. And you talk about ring of honor and on Thursday night, you're going after that ring of honor heavyweight championship held by Matt Taven. And, you know, we're going to get into the Crockett cup and you as a tag champion, but that ROH championship will look good, pretty good around your waist, PCO. Yeah, it would. Uh, it'd be awesome. Like uh, this, this would be like really a, a dream come true. It would be a, a long life, uh, working uh, achievement. You know, as a, since I was 14 years old, that uh, I wanted to uh, to become. Uh, world champion and uh to wear that world championship <laughs> belt uh we had fun about that me and bully about <laughs> saying belt which was like cool uh, but no uh nonetheless this would be amazing that would be uh it would be a, a dream come true uh really really i mean it's uh it's something that i'm really looking forward to pco you performed uh you you're one half of a uh, tag team WWE tag team champions you performed in Madison Square Garden at WrestleMania 10 what was it like for you to be back in Madison Square Garden um for the G1 Supercard did you ever think you would be able to make it back there uh i didn't i didn't, i really didn't think uh it would uh, it would happen like that that was very something that uh, when the day came out uh, after all in I found out that ROH and uh, New Japan were going to be at, at the Garden uh, together, and I promised myself I wanted to be part of that show. But you know, I had no no control over it, other than thinking about it. But in my wildest dream, I I never thought I would go back there uh, if if I didn't know that some one date was circled around my calendar. Uh, and it was amazing. It was nothing compared to my first time. I mean, the first time, uh, you know, WrestleMania is something pretty, pretty cool to do, and especially when it's your first one ever in your life. 
but I've got to say that this one really by far topped my uh, my WrestleMania uh, moment because uh, the way that everything is going since I've signed with ROH, uh, the, it's a different buzz. It's a different everything is so different, and for me, it's the uh, it's the best time of my life, the best time of my career. And being able to go back at this time of my career, this was absolutely unbelievable. It's something that uh, I never thought it would be like that. It was like, uh, it was really, really crazy. You know, Bully mentioned that that G1 Supercard at the Garden. And I think the biggest moment on that show that really got the crowd riled up is after you took that powerbomb outside the ring and you sat up. That place went nuts. I mean, how does it feel to have the entire crowd, a sold-out Madison Square Garden, behind you enough that when you sit up, the place goes that insane? It's uh, it's hard to describe a moment like that because I think while you're doing it, you don't, you can't even feel the fact that you have the whole crowd gelling with you. You just, you're just doing your thing enjoying what you're doing and and you're so much in the moment yourself that you forget about everything else you only realize that once you're leaving the building or once you come back in the dressing room and you start feeling what just happened and and sometimes it takes like even like a a couple of days to realize that everything that went down so it's something that Knowing that, you know, uh, the gardens, the world, the most famous arena in the world, and knowing that, you know, uh, being in the eight-man tag and uh, all the titles on the line and, and things like that, you, you want every moment to count. And I just wanted to make sure that I was going to go back home with a special moment in my pocket. And that's what I wanted to do. And uh I'm, I'm very i'm very glad that i took that chance that i i uh i gambled on on this thing i gambled a lot and it paid off and i'm happy that i took that chance pco you're obviously in a world of wrestling now that is a completely different generation from when you originally came up and when you found early success in your career have any of your friends or any of the boys that you traveled the roads with from back of the day gotten in touch with you to congratulate you on your newfound success? Uh, a lot, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the boys because uh, when when I uh, I started that run and I was already like mixing up with a lot of guys and uh, I think uh, when I first started and doing this, there was a lot of. Uh, People saying that, even in my family, I'm gonna say, even though I love them, that I love them and they love me, and but they they thought that I was totally out of my mind when when I told them that I was gonna, uh, you know, go, uh, you know, like quit everything in my life and just concentrate full time on this business and. And you know when I, uh, I I don't I don't know if I told you the story, guys, but when I went to uh, New Orleans the first time for my match against Walter, uh, 
GCW said, you know, we we really want you on the show. We, we're going to put you with with uh, big guy from from Austria, big Walter. But you know, we don't have we can't really fly you there. And I told him, it's all right, I will drive. And I, I didn't know how far it was going to be, but when I drove the 40 hours to get there, 40 hours to get back for a 25-minute match, uh, you know, everybody thought I was pretty crazy to do that. And it paid off. And, and then uh, I think uh, during my whole career, I took chances, like, I quit jobs. I I focus on on the business by itself. You know, I I, I had like jobs where I could have it made, but I was not going to be happy because I didn't. I wanted to achieve what I what my goal was when I was a kid, and I felt like if I was not going to achieve that, I was not going to live happily, or you know. So uh, I always like burn my ships and. Uh, when I started to do that, my family against said, oh, no, he's doing it again. And they were all discouraged. And some of the boys thought that I was crazy. But now that success is there, I have a lot of people saying, you know, this is great. And uh, and then uh, a lot of encouragement and uh, uh, tapping the back and things like that. So it's everything. Yeah. I, I most sometimes I would cross, like, let's say, uh, Ray Rougeau does still the voiceovers for WWE at the airport in Montreal. Sometimes we we uh, see each other, and he would always like uh, say, "Man, this is great! What's happening?" and things like that. But at the beginning, nobody was nobody weren't sure. They, they weren't sure <laughs> if what I was doing uh, and getting in onto was was gonna be uh, successful or not. <laughs> so it's it's pretty uh, pretty cool. You know, Bully asked you about, like, the, the generation that you were with when you first came up and their reaction to your comeback. What's the generation now like about you? I mean, you know, this is a completely different locker room. You know, this is a completely different company. How do you think the younger wrestlers are reacting to you right now? I really don't know. I think I'm the one who react like a, a rookie, like a young guy. Like, I'm, I'm trying to 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 learn from from them and trying to watch them and see what's what's working and what's not working and I think that the big thing about about uh, this business it's it's living with changes you know with, with the evolution of the business it, it, like I said like I said it to a lot of people uh, a lot of things are changing in this business, but one thing that will never change is the uh, the ability to tell a story. And uh, this this is one thing that will never change. But in order to tell a story now, you know that you know uh, if you don't uh, accept the changes that are happening in the business, uh, you you can't progress. In order to progress, you have to uh, to change and to adapt to the changes. And uh, most of the time, I'm listening to uh, the younger generation and melting with them. And if sometimes I see an opportunity to put my two cents, and I will. But I've been like, I've been like picking up on brains like Bulleray. He's got a great mind for this business. There's there uh, there's a bunch of other guys behind the scenes that. 
are incredible with with ideas. And for me, it's a, it's a team effort. Uh, it's a, I'm trying to to get as much from everybody, like a big mastermind uh, association that if I can incorporate any knowledge from anyone who's is knowledgeable, I'm trying to do it in order to uh, to be successful. I'm trying to really put all the all the brains and all the elements possible. Uh, in order to uh, to have the best advices, and in order to be able to be successful, and uh, that's that's one thing that uh, I'm not trying to impose my uh, my veteran years or my past because uh, my old past doesn't really uh, doesn't really uh, compare with. Uh, what's done right now in, in the business. So it's kind of half and half. Sometimes boys will ask me things. They will ask me what I think about things. I will give them my, my thoughts, but I don't try to push in hard all my ideas in, in one thing. I'm I'm really receptive. I, like, uh, I, I try to, you know, to get as much as I can get from them and give a little back. That's That's, that's how it goes. PCO, you just mentioned uh, the words team effort, and in the past you've shown that you can be part of a successful team. What is your relationship with uh, Brody and Marty? Because it seems like you guys have been gelling really well as a tag team and as a six-man team. Yeah, absolutely. uh, When I first met with Ring of Honor and they discussed uh, the idea of this faction of the Lennon Enterprises, uh, when they mentioned Marty Squirrel and, and Brody King, uh, I knew it was the. I knew I had a, a, such uh, uh, a great feeling about it because I met Marty in 2008 while I was touring in England. I was there for like six or eight months, and Marty was like almost just breaking in in the business. You know, he hadn't been there for a long time, and he was like always with Nick Aldis, and they both we're working with the same company that I was working for all-star wrestling in England. And every time I had a match with Nick or that and Nick and uh, Marty were there, I was always like very, very cool. I really liked those, those guys. So, uh, and then eventually I saw Marty was having success in ring of honor and, it was a total different Marty when I was there in 2008. He didn't have like a beard. He looked like a really, like really, really like a kid. You know, he was really young, and and they were about to get in the states to uh, do a camp with Harley Race. So I, I watch his evolution, and then when sometimes you do things and you think it's going to be down the drain, like I'm, I, I was thinking when I. I was putting a job in a voiceover job, uh, getting paid by a TV station in Montreal to go in England and try to catch a break in the business, a bigger break and a a big break. And then I came back with nothing from England. Basically, I thought everything was down the drain. You know, I didn't think it it was going to, none of that would have served me later on in my life or would have helped me out later on in my life. And I, in 2018, about when I met you guys, I was doing uh, all the Indies, and I probably uh, worked against Brody King maybe six or seven times during the whole year, so I knew him pretty well. 
and I knew him as a human being, how, as a person, how, how I could get along with him and how cool he was. So, And then the, Marty came back after 2008, in 2019 or end of 2018, that was pretty sick. So being able to be, I knew right then that the three of us, the chemistry would be already there because I knew Marty from before and I always got along good with him and working matches against Brody King. Uh, I knew how talented he was and how great he was as a person. So just knowing that the three of us, I knew everything would gel perfectly. It was like, yes, I want to be part of that <laughs> big time. So, And now you're gelling perfectly with Brody King to the point of you're the new NWA Tag Team Champions. I mean, in a great event, you know, a week ago with the Crockett Cup. We talked about it a lot here on Busted Open. And, you know, a lot of history with the Crockett Cup, but, you know, also moving forward and, what was it like winning those titles? What was it like being involved in the Crockett Cup last Saturday? Um, and it was like it was unbelievable. Like uh, I, I really didn't know what to expect on my way there to uh, Concord, North Carolina, and just going match after match after matches. We had like to win three matches or go through three matches in order to get the Crockett Cup and. Uh, I remember Brody, Brody King was looking at the uh, the bracket. Man, that's a lot of work to get all the way to the top. And I said, man, if we do this, you're going to be so happy about that because that's going to stay there for the rest of your life. And I, I, I don't think at first he, he realized how, how cool it was. But once we got the cup, he said, man, you were right. It's so cool. He said it. It reminds me, like, he really liked the cup, but he likes also everything that's going on in Japan. And so that reminds me of those big cup when they win a tournament in Japan. So he was really happy. And then to see him happy like that, that made me really happy. And for myself, I was happy too, because, like, you know, for me being there for uh, a longer time than everybody, I can, I can really, uh, uh, cherish every moment, every important moment of the career. I know uh, how good it feels even looking back at things, you know, so I made sure that I made every second count, you know, while I was there and, and uh, enjoying every moment of this. And uh, I couldn't have done it with a better person than, uh, than Brody King, a better worker, a better hard worker, someone who gives his all best every time he steps in and uh he was so happy that we, we've done it and uh we did it and uh so we were we were both like uh just uh in a frenzy pco do you appreciate the wrestling business more today than you did 20 years ago absolutely why absolutely uh because i realized like uh that chance that I've got to uh, get up every morning, to, to, to get up every morning and to, to work uh, towards like my next tour, my next match. And every time that I'm uh, having my, uh, you know, we, we got those carry-ons with the wheels and then I'm wheeling my carry-on at the airport and that's, thanks God, man, this is the most, 
uh, how I'm so grateful because I get to do what I love every day and walking at the airport with my carry-ons, I, I feel like I've got this joy coming down to me and saying, you know, uh, it's, uh, pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable to, uh, to live your dream. Is yeah. it, it- it, it sounds like it's really emotional for you that at this stage of the career you were able to to make the dream happen all over again. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, sometimes, like uh, people that know me very closely in the business, you know, they say uh, they were at the garden or something, and they say, "Okay, I saw you coming down the aisle, and I saw that little smile on your face, and I knew, you know." So, so that those little things. Uh, they, they they make me uh, want to give more, surpass myself, uh, give everything I've got, put my whole heart into it. That's the way I feel. Well, I think you're proving yourself day in and day out. And, and you know, I, I hear you getting emotional. You're not human. You're not supposed to be emotional, PCO. I know I'm not human. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, PCO, um, amazing interview, amazing sit down. Thank you so much for the time and congratulations on on all your success. And then hearing from you that you, you know, you're evolving your personality, your character, you know, understanding that the business has evolved and you, you know, changing with it and changing in the right way and the fans are 100% behind you. I can't wait what the future holds for you, sir. It's been amazing talking also, to you today. You know, you have to take in consideration that, you know, guys like you, David, and Bully Ray that are, uh, you know, having shows like um, unbelievable shows, you know, like this. Uh, it, 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 it's all, it's not just the boys doing it in the ring. It's also the whole business. It's, it's everybody that's so talented around everything that we do in the ring. We need everybody. We need all kinds of, uh, of things, uh, that, that helps promotes everything. And, and, and guys, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on the show with you today. This was a, this was a great, uh, an honor for me and I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on brother. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. PCO. Wow. Pretty awesome interview with PCO today, bully. I agree. And to hear him get emotional at the end. Wow. You can tell that that is a guy who knows that he was given a second opportunity in a business that doesn't deal second opportunities to a lot of people. And if you're a young wrestler listening today, what he talked about, did he, did he say he drove 40 hours for his match against Walter? Yes, he did. 40 hours to the match. 40 hours home from the match. A match that lasted 25 minutes. You're never done paying your dues in the wrestling industry. And he understood that. He was willing to pay his dues all over again. I believe he was a three-time WWE Tag Team Champion. Wrestled at WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden. Been there and done that. 
but realized that if he didn't pay his dues all over again on that given night, he might not have the opportunities that he did. And that match against Walter put him back on the map. And I think a lot of young wrestlers, especially when we throw around the word entitlement, okay? There's a lot of title entitlement in the world, and there's a lot of entitlement in the world of pro wrestling. That is a veteran who spent 80 hours in a car for a 25-minute match. And that 25-minute match put him back on the map. Think about that. And, and this is coming off the heels and a big topic on our show and a big topic in the world of pro wrestling last week was Leo Rush and some of the comments that he said in an interview and some of the comments that he made on social media bully. And, you, you know, you could you could waver back and forth. Who's right? Who's wrong? Is it disrespect? You know, and everything else. But then you hear this interview from PCO a guy who's been there, done that a guy who has performed in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden and kind of falling back down and working his way back up. I mean, he could have he could walk into a locker room. He could have walked into the locker room at Madison Square Garden, bully, and said, you know what, I've I've worked a sold-out Madison Square Garden before, but he didn't. Like and 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 to hear the stories about driving that many hours to get another opportunity kind of puts things in, into perspective for me as a fan and also as somebody who hosts this show. And I I don't think a lot of fans realize what some wrestlers go through just to get that opportunity, and we kind of assume that that's what young wrestlers do. Back in the day, you drove from city to city not knowing what you'd get out of it just for the opportunity and to hear that pco did it so late in his career i mean he's 51 now so he was probably what 46 47 yeah when he drove you know you're 47 years old that's how old i am so let me let me put the gun to my own head would i drive 40 hours for an another opportunity in the wrestling business, I don't know. I haven't walked in that man's shoes. I thank God I haven't walked in that man's shoes because that man has experienced a lot of disappointment in the wrestling industry. I was fortunate to not have that disappointment. So, Bubba, what would you do if things went wrong? Would you drive 40 hours for a 25-minute match? And, Dave, I can't answer that question. I don't know what it's like to have that emotion that PCO had running through him. It's a, it's a great point, Bully. And you don't know unless you're in that situation. And I mean, I don't mean to sound like a Rocky movie, but the old cliche is that you know the measure of a man, how he reacts to being knocked down. Can he get back up again? I think PCO has proved that after getting knocked down, he was able to get back up again. And with a guy like him, how can you not be happy for him, you know? I'm not going to make light of this, but I'm going to say it. The freaking guy cried on our show. Yeah. He cr- and why did he cry? He didn't cry because he's a puss. He cried because he knows as he's talking about his story how fortunate he is. And this business can be really harsh. And he knows that because the business was really harsh to him. And he was probably harsh back to the business. And I'm sure that if he can go back in time and fix a couple of things, he would. That's why you hear that emotion. That's why you know that you, you heard him getting choked up. That's why you know that there was a tear coming down that, that fake eye. Yeah. Because, because the business gave him an opportunity 
that it normally never, uh, a second opportunity that it normally doesn't give to people. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.